It's yonder. Welcome to episode 10 of the Yonder Podcast. We get together every couple of weeks and talk to people who are thinking about remote work, distributed companies, and all that sort of stuff. I'm Jeff Robbins, uh, and this week we're talking with Billy Kiley, who is the VP of Product Design for InVision. Um... Envision has a really great tool for designers and anyone who's doing any visual work uh, and wants to collaborate, whether you're in the office together or spread out. It's a particularly great tool for distributed teams. Um, you can read about it yourself at envisionapp.com, I-N-V-I-S-I-O-N-A-P-P.com. Um, and Envision has a team of about 300 people who are completely distributed. So not only do they make a tool that's great for uh, people that are doing work remotely, um, they their own team is distributed. So uh, we get to talk about both of those things with Billy. Um, and we talk about the importance of unstructured time and uh, collaborating for creative teams and um, Billy's been at, at Envision uh, since the company was about seven people, so he's got some interesting insight about that, too. Um, yeah. But first, uh, some big things happening uh, with Yonder. I, as I mentioned on the, uh, the last podcast, we've got a, a new schedule. We're, we're putting them now, out the podcast every two weeks now. Uh, we've got articles going up on the website every week. We've got this great uh, remote tips, remote tips, <laughs> uh, uh, tips thing that we're doing, uh, every Monday we, we've got some new little bit coming out. Uh, and, uh, if you're interested in finding out about all those things first, please get on our mailing list, which you can find at yonder.io as well as, uh, that's where you can subscribe, find the links to subscribe, uh, to the podcast, um, and the various podcasting services. You can also find us on Twitter at yonder underscore IO. And we've got a Facebook page as well. Just look around for yonder there and like us, please like us. We will, we will like it. If you like us, <laughs> I want to thank Laurel Farrer, Laurel Farrer, say her name correctly. Give her the respect she deserves. Laurel has been helping me schedule podcasts and uh, set up all the communication with guests and organize ideas. And and, uh, we've got a a lot of things planned as we're moving forward. Um, We're uh, working on another conference. Uh, We're making more and more content. Um, I mentioned these weekly tips. Uh, There's more stuff coming out for the mailing list. Um, We've got a whole lot of ideas, uh, things that are coming up. So stay in touch. We'll tell you about them on the podcast, and we will post about them on the website and to the mailing list. So uh, stay tuned. All right, let's get to our interview with Billy Kiley. 
Hi, Billy. Welcome to the Yonder Podcast. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, uh, what's your title uh, at Envision? Um, I am the VP of Product Design at and, Envision. And, and uh, what is that job? Um, yeah, our, our product design org includes our product designers as well as our product managers and our researchers. So, um, I'm focused on uh, working with different business units on our, our product strategy and, and developing our platform. Um, and uh, I, I oversee the, the designers and, and the managers and those other people that I, I had mentioned. Um, so for people that don't know, tell us what Envision is and what your product is and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Envision is a, uh, a platform for design collaboration, and we, we kind of got our, our starts in the prototyping space, which is still a, a large part of our product. Um, but over the last uh, couple of years, we've really been transitioning into more of a, uh, a SaaS platform for design teams uh, to collaborate and communicate and uh, create great products together. Yeah, so it's... Um my experience at least has been it's a collaborative, a visually collaborative tool. Um, so many collaborative tools online are text-based, whether it's code or Google docs or that kind of thing. But InVision is graphics and visual stuff and a uh, whole other side of collaboration. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, where, where are you talking to us from? I am in Toronto, Canada right now. I actually um, just moved back here from the the UK. I was in London for a couple of years, and I was in Scotland previous to that. Um, and actually, most of our, our product designers are based over in London and some surrounding areas in Europe. Huh. Neat. And so uh, Envision is a, is a fully distributed company, is that correct? Yeah, we're getting close to about... 300 people internally now and uh yeah we're completely distributed there's um we, we have a few offices we, we have we work offices as well um in cities that we have uh, larger amounts of, of people i think in uh new york san francisco boston there's a good 30 30 folks each in each of those cities and so so we have set up some co-working spaces that they could work neat and so you've been able to kind of move around all of these different cities while keeping your same position at the company. Um, yeah, I I came on um, fairly early in our story. I, I came on as a designer, and I was actually the, the only designer at the time. Um, I was taking over for a designer that they had previously. And um, back then, we didn't have a marketing org or a product org. It uh-huh. was seven people at the, at the company so it was kind of um design part of the company it was myself and our ceo um and i worked alongside him um when we uh, began to to grow we eventually split design into product and marketing and then over the years to evolved uh the, the product design to include product management and and start growing more of a proper product team neat um so you you started as a designer at the company and now you're a, the product manager. Um, and so, um, that gives you an interesting view. I feel like I can ask you about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to answer some of it. <laughs> um, let's see. So maybe let's just sort of dive right in and start talking about sort of 
design collaboration online because this is something uh, that you have experience with as a designer at a distributed company and also as a product manager managing a product for collaborating about around design <laughs> online. Uh, um, what have, have you found have been um, the advantages and disadvantages of, of, of collaborating sort of in a remote fashion uh, on design? Um. Yeah, I, I would say definitely the, the you, there is something that is missing when you're not sitting in the same room as somebody. And there, there's a ton of great tools out there, um, such as, as Skype or Slack or um, Hangouts, whatever you use to to actually get and emulate that FaceTime. Um, I would... Sorry, <laughs> this was, uh, I don't, this it's a deep, deep thought. Here, I appreciate yeah. your your, your um, attention. Yeah, I, I, I would say the the main challenges there are, are just having that that platform. I, I think um, some of the products that we created in, internally, we have a feature called Live Share, which is sort of a real time screen share of design. Uh, we have a new tool that came out um, in a in beta called Freehand. Um, that is kind of this collaborative whiteboard as well as early early design collaboration. And um, some of the challenges of remote designing that that these problems or these uh, these products came came out of was um, we were screen sharing a lot mm -hmm. um, for the real-time design. It's easy enough to send things back and forth, and that's not um, much different as if you were in an office sending an email of your mock-up or slacking somebody an image. But um, when you're screen sharing, there's a a level of fidelity that gets lost here. Everybody's at a different monitor size. Mm -hmm. um, it, things are usually coming across pixelated. You're seeing something zoomed out while somebody else has seen something zoomed in. So um, some of those tools were, were born out of um, just trying to solve for some of those technical limitations and, and being able to experience um, designs as if you were in the same room or looking over somebody's shoulder directly at their, their laptop. Um, and I think some of that is the biggest challenge is that real time collaboration and uh, having to use a, a host of tools to uh, to be able to support that. Yeah, and sort of emulating gesturing, right? I mean, that's sort of yeah. the the thing with visual communication. It goes back to sort of primal pointing at stuff, <laughs> yeah. and even you know the the Envision product three four years ago was great because you could draw on it and and say. Point literally, you had literally an arrow. You could point to something and say, "This thing, make it bigger," or "This thing, make it smaller," which yeah. is difficult to do. Uh, you know, even in that, just emailing files back and forth, uh, it requires people at both ends to have Photoshop yeah. or something to to do that. You know, um, I think I think being remote also, um, you tend to get in the habit of time boxing your conversations. So you set up a 45 minute call with a designer or somebody that you're collaborating with. And, um, you kind of forget to block off those half days or full days where you're just in a room throwing bad ideas back and forth <laughs> at each other. And so, um, what we, we try to be mindful of that. And, and I, I have four hour sessions with a designer where sometimes we're just sitting there staring at each other and, and rattling off bad <laughs> ideas. But, um, I, I think I, I have got 
gotten in the habit uh, and the cadence of just having these back-to-back half-hour, 45-minute calls. And, and the, I think it changes the, the focus of the conversation. And you, you lose some of the, the power of that design thinking and collaboration when you're, when you're constantly time-boxed. So I think that's something that um, I've begun to be real mindful about um, recently as I've been collaborating. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, remote communication needs to be intentional communication, right? Uh, and it, it's not happening so peripherally. But uh, because of its intentionality, it can be hard to kind of leave things open and, and sort of uh, allow for a lack of efficiency, uh, you know, which I, we could refer to as ideation or bad ideas, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, you know? Uh, and I think that that's an important thing that people need to kind of think about and allow for, particularly on the creative, uh, and design end of, end of things. Uh, that's sort of how the process works. It's sort of part of the process. And I think that, when we get caught up in uh, sort of the administrative end of things and looking at um, time management and project management and sort of blocking out this task is going to take this long. This task is going to take this long. uh, This meeting is going to take this long um, and on and on like that. um, It can actually be sort of problematic for a lot of that creative process. Yeah. Um, And and so we, we also try to mix in um, co-locating teams when, uh, when we're able to and, um, and and doing regular, we call them offsites, but I think technically they'd be on sites because we don't really have a, an on site. Um, but we do get our our, our teams of um, engineers, designers, managers together that are working on projects. And for the most part, it's not even to work collaboratively. It's just to get some FaceTime with each other, grab some beers, and actually get to know each other and make that collaboration process when when they are back kind of separated by their screens uh, that much easier and um, be able to kind of know the human that's on the other side of the screen yeah um, experiences that you've had with them yeah that's really important where do those off sites uh, tend to happen um, all over the place uh, for the the most part we've been doing them in the the US is is where most of our uh, engineers are are located, and they're usually um, the a lot of our our teams that we have within product and engineering. Um, the they're more engineering uh, heavy in terms of the team members. There's usually a, a designer, a product manager, and then an engineering manager, and anywhere from three to ten engineers per team. Um, so we we try to pick major. Connecting cities where where people don't have to take three or four flights to to get anywhere, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it'll vary. Uh, we we have about twelve or I think eleven um, product engineering teams uh, throughout our our organization, and so um, each of them are kind of rotating, meeting up uh, every three months or so. So there, there's always kind of every couple of weeks some offsite that's happening with these teams. Huh. Yeah. Um, what is it that, uh, people seem to really like about the Envision product? Uh, like what, what is it offering to, uh, particularly distributed design teams, um, that conventional tools haven't offered in the past? 
Um, I would say it is the the so- socialization of of design and design thinking and um, a platform that that it's providing for these conversations. Um, right now, we're we're seeing the the products become just as important for uh, teams that are working co-located and out of offices mm-hmm. as it is for distributed teams. Um, and most where we're most teams that are working in offices are working in multiple offices and there's still communication that needs to happen between their LA to New York office or their London office. And so um, it, it, we're providing a system for a record of truth for design and the product design process. And um, that, that is something that hasn't really existed in, um, in a tool for design conversations as it has for uh, development and maybe other business units. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that I think the the best tools uh improve the co-located process as well. Uh and become a better tool. I mean, there's lots of uh co-located offices using Google Docs or sort of collaborative writing tools like that. Uh and it's just efficient. It's an efficient way to work. Um not to mention all the revisioning and archiving uh capabilities of it. Um, I think oftentimes, um, and I've probably been guilty of this, I, I sort of look at distributed process as particularly different than co-located, but it's actually been my experience usually that when you can come up with a process that stands and is a, is a good, efficient process for distributed, it usually works really well for co-located as well. It's sort of that much more battle-tested. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, talk to me about sort of the uh, evolution of Envision, the company, um, growing from seven or eight people as it was when you started into into 300 um, without a main central office. How has that, what's that process been like? Yeah, I think we've always been, even at the, the smaller size we've always been distributed and it's been interesting seeing that grow and seeing it it work at scale and I, I think along the way we were always building different foundation blocks that helped it scale when we are doubling in size and if we double in size uh, from where we are now I, I do think we're set up where it is still going to continue to work um, I find that working remotely at a fully remote company um, is completely different than being a remote worker at a um, at a co-located company that, that you're possibly working remote at or they have certain divisions working remote. Um, that we don't really have an office where the main conversations are happening or where the main meetings are taking place. Um, so you're, you're not really an outsider when you are the distributed worker. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is trying just as hard as everybody else to... Um, keep the communication loop flowing and uh, and to to make sure that nothing is is really falling off because of the, the distributed nature so um, yeah I think being fully remote definitely solves some of the issues that that some of these half remote working teams do see have there been any struggles with the with growth in that way uh, you know was there a point where uh, people started feeling particularly disconnected and 
have there been solutions that you've come up with? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think the biggest struggle is probably onboarding, and that that's something that we're still working on and trying to improve as as we go. Um, it's especially for people that are coming uh, and remote working is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, onboarding into that, we you really need to set a set aside the time and um, make sure that the the person's not just sitting in their bedroom with their laptop for a day, kind of <laughs> not knowing what's going on. So, right. um, yeah, it, that that I think has definitely been been a struggle and, and something that is um, one of our our main focuses in the the people department um as we're bringing new folks on and especially at scale now um every week we seem to be introducing another five to ten faces into the company um so with that just becomes stricter uh process and we're able to see what works what what's not working and uh improve and iterate from there how are you handling hiring um in, on, I guess on all the questions. Where products. where where yeah. do you post? Uh, um, how do people find you? Um, and then, like, how do how do you screen applicants and that kind of thing? I think particularly people for from co located companies um, always find it sort of interesting. And I think that there's different solutions that that different distributed companies have come up with for sort of what it looks like to interview when you're not going into the office to interview. Yeah. Um, we have a, a great recruiting team that does a lot of our, our initial screening and everything, and that's kind of where that, that magic happens. Um, a lot of our candidates just come from internal referrals and, and networking that we do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there's usually a, a few different levels of uh, video interviews that we do, and a lot of times on on product, uh, both with uh, product managers and designers, we we tend to uh, work on a uh, on a project or two that we have a budget for, and we kind of treat as a freelance project and just get a feel for working with one another. And I think that's really important, especially being um, remote, is kind of getting a feel for what that relationship might feel like, and it gives the other person even a feel for um, kind of our our working styles and everything. And we try to bring them into review meetings and try to mirror it as close as possible to what it actually might feel like if they were a member of the team. Are there skills that you're looking for above and beyond what a co-located company might look for? Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I think that um, I, I don't know how um, easy it is to tell from just the the interview process, but there's uh, just responsiveness and and being organized and being able to manage your time. um, There's a certain level of discipline that comes with with working remotely. Um, And it's not, we can't see exactly when you show up to your desk or when you're leaving. So it's more just around work ethic and um, making sure that, that, I think the the level of communication and how you communicate and handle yourself both on on calls as well as through email is definitely something that we take into account um, when when we're hiring. It is that is our main form of communication? Yeah, it seems like a lot of um, 
sort of the remote work blogs and articles that are out there for remote workers um, tend to focus a lot on on things like time management and sort of handling your own productivity and stuff like that. So it seems, you know, ultimately, I think if people can, con- it's a, that's a good life skill for everyone. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if you can conquer that, I think you're going to sort of feel, feel better uh, as a human being, not to mention um, as an employee. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's finding that work life balance and, and some people find it easier to work out of um, co-working spaces and offices and things like that. Others uh, enjoy the flexibility of, of working from home and uh, managing their, their time that way. Um, so yeah, I, I was freelancing for about five years prior to joining Vision, so I, I was kind of used to working in my pajamas from, from home, and so it wasn't <laughs> that big of a, a shift for me personally, but um, we do try to um, encourage uh, co-working spaces and, uh, and things like that too. Yeah, yeah. How... Um how are you handling communication uh, stuff at InVision to kind of keep everyone looped into what's going on? Um, I think Slack was probably a, a pretty big game changer, and we we started using it when we were getting closer to about 40, 50 people or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, most communication happens through there. We have a, a lot of just public channels that are, are theme-based, um, we have a, a team channel that, that everybody belongs to, and that's where a lot of company announcements happen and everything. And so, um, yeah, it, it's kind of finding the balance of when email is appropriate and when Slack is appropriate, too. Um, and it, it, there's a, a bigger challenge there when we're managing um, time zones. I think we're in 21 wow. countries across across the world. Um and there's like we, I have people on my team in Australia, and trying to collab. Just the you, even as time shifts between summer and winter, it puts <laughs> yeah. that in completely different buckets and who they collaborate with. And, people and have so the those, flu at different times of the year, and yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's being mindful of um, people's schedules. I know Slack has some great uh, features that that actually display the, the local time that they're in and you could go into do not disturb during certain hours. But, um, we tend to, our core company hours revolve around Eastern time zone. And so we try to have everybody at least overlap uh, a good three or four hours with that, that time zone. Um, and so that typically helps. And, and as you're working on different teams, um, as long as, it's working for that team. Um, if there's a, a product designer in a, Australia that's working with somebody in in Europe or in LA, um, just making sure that their schedules are are in sync and that they're they have their their certain meeting set that they need to hit. Um, it's it's been working for us so far. Huh. So expand on that a little bit. So does that mean that like um, when you're saying? So you've kind of come up with a canonical time zone for your company, U.S. Eastern 
time zone, which is a favorite of mine, partly because I live there, but also because it overlaps nicely with most of the uh, English speaking, uh, uh, except for the Australians. Uh, um, but so if someone is in Australia, um, yep. are they working, are they, have they shifted their work day or are they working you're kind of teaming, creating teams that are mostly far east like that, or how are you handling that kind of stuff with with time zones? So those guys are um, they they probably have the toughest schedule, um, and they they've been champs uh, with it so far. And it is just a they uh, we're still um, iterating on exactly how all of all of that works, but right now um, because of the um, the season they're in and everything. I think they're starting their days around four thirty, five a.m., and that gives them. I think that lines up with around two p.m., three p.m. Eastern, and still gives that few hours overlap on the Eastern. It gives them almost right. a full overlap with the uh, the West Coast. I, I think just yeah. day although, ahead. Although <laughs> right, although shifted by an entire day. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's like all of that is fine as long as you don't actually say it out loud. If you just keep <laughs> it as calendar invites, but as soon as you start saying like, great, I'll meet with you at 2 p.m., like it's out the window. Like no one's going to understand what you're talking about. Yeah, and we've and it's changes a little bit uh, by department, but usually when we do uh, talk about times or anything, everybody knows that any time that you see in Slack or in email is Eastern time. Right. And, um, and, and people could just do the math based on their time zone there. When yeah. I lived in the, the UK, when I first moved out there, we were still fairly strict on Eastern time. And so I think I started my day around two or three in the afternoon yep. and worked till one in the morning mm-hmm. um, and did that for about a year or so. And as we started building up a bit more of a team out there, I started shifting my schedule back to something more comfortable with uh, the guys out there that were stuck in their days at a regular hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's generally fine to shift your day, except for that Friday afternoon in Europe when everyone's down at the pub, <laughs> 6 p.m. Yeah. Uh, in London, and you're in the middle yeah. of meetings. Yeah. And, and that is, we, we do half-day Fridays um, at Envision as well, so um, in... Eastern time, we, we kind of end our day around 2, 3 p.m. So it wasn't too bad being out there. You kind of knew around 7 p.m. you're, you're done. You're not going to get pinged. No more emails are coming through. So right. uh, it, Fridays weren't horrible. So you're saying that, that Slack um, and, and email are, are big, uh, important parts of, of the Envision communication puzzle um both of those are well slack is arguable but um are asynchronous right uh um they're not happening in real time so much slack more than email but uh um are you also video conferencing is there yeah. telephone like it is you know what what roles do those kinds of more present more real time communication play yeah, those are huge. All of our um, any meeting that we have is uh, through video, and we um, we actually used to do audio only calls in the the earlier days, and we kind of made the switch to you need to have your camera on. Um, <laughs> we, we use a you need call. to put on a shirt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you could get away with dressing from the waist up, though. It is nice. Um, we use a tool called Zoom, which yep. uh, we found to. Uh, 
support our video conferencing and when we have large groups or small groups it's been the most reliable so far i know that um slack has recently introduced video calling and is uh, improving it day to day too um and it, it's nice there just being able to kind of do a a one click into a video we, we try to bias towards jumping on a call um as much as we we can uh, yeah. with zoom too there's a, a slack um shortcut where you can do a, a slash zoom and it'll start a meeting for that room. So um, we use that quite a bit. I, I tend to prefer jumping on a call with somebody rather than uh, having a text conversation back and forth. Yeah, it just gets fatiguing after a while to try to uh, type type out what you're thinking, distill it down into a sentence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with grammar and things things like that. It's yeah. nice to just sort of get but, on and talk it yeah. out. Yeah, and, and it's, um, it's funny when you meet people that you've worked with in the form of video for even the past year and you meet them in person <laughs> and you guys forget that this is actually the first time that you're that you're meeting because you, you feel that you have a relationship with that person and yeah. that you worked very close with them yeah at Lullabot um and other places it, it's always um people's height <laughs> yeah people are okay. shorter or taller than you expected from video conferencing with them or um yeah that kind of thing yeah. Yeah. When I, um, so Lullabot sort of evolved out of, um, the Drupal open source community. And the interesting there is the interesting thing with that is that a lot of people in that community use aliases, sort of screen name kinds of things. Um, and so oftentimes, you know, when there would be meetups or people would be getting together in that situation, they would not not only realize that they didn't know the person's real name, but oftentimes they didn't actually know how to pronounce the person's screen name. Um, yeah. And so, you know, or even sometimes their real name as well with, with people international. So it's just yeah. funny, those things you sort of, that kind of come up when you, you, you figure that you have this sort of long lasting relationship with someone. And then, then you actually get in the same room with them and realize like, Oh, there's, pieces missing yeah they're a foot taller than i thought <laughs> yeah um let's see uh a, a thing that i oftentimes ask people uh on the podcast just because i'm i i have joke oftentimes in the introduction of the podcast like there's not a whole lot of good words or at least common words people use the word remote distributed virtual telecommute still gets used a fair amount stuff like that yeah. what kind of those words are you are you have you settled on at envision i think the remote and distributed are probably the the most common um yeah i, I can't think of any other words that that we that we really use um um what's the typical day like for a person working at your company um yeah i think that probably greatly varies by by role as well um and and department that you're in um on the product side um my my day is usually just syncing with individuals and teams and um i'm in a lot of video uh, meetings and conferences for the the bulk of my nine to five day um, I, most others that are, that are on product teams, there's, uh, 
they usually sync with their team. Um, they're talking to users a few times throughout the week. Um, good to have blocks of just quiet time where you could do your, your personal planning or kind of design focus. Um, I think when I was in the, the UK and kind of in a, a time zone that was shifted five hours from the majority of the company, um, the quiet time that I had at the beginning of the day just to actually get things done, um, I really enjoyed. Mm. And so um, just trying to remind myself to be able to book and block parts of my schedule off to, to still get that time and yeah. uh, actually get some uninterrupted focus time in. But I, I think the the interesting part of of the job is just it's it, it's very fast paced and things are moving and evolving that um, each day is is a little different. Um, even though if my my schedule looks like calls all day throughout most of the week, um, each of those conversations are are completely different and uh, the intensity level of them may vary too. So um, <laughs> no, no day seems to be the same, uh, which is which is always great. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, this gets back to that thing we were talking about, this sort of four-hour thinking blocks, but the the value of unstructured time um is uh it's a good thing. Get a lot get a lot done during that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um as a company that's uh that's sort of thinking about the creative side of things and sort of um you know, creative quality, even unstructured time. Um, uh, Have you thought much about culture at the company and, and sort of how does, how does the culture tend to happen? Uh, Is that sort of on a more of a team level or are there, do you have like full company retreats where everyone gets together and um, sort of that culture as cohesiveness, I think is what I'm sort of talking about here. Yeah. Um, it definitely gets hard um, that when you are in the, the hundreds of people to organize sure. yeah. something like that. So we, um, at the same time, we see value in in meeting people outside of your department and people that you work with day to day. So I, th- I think the one of the fortunate things for our team is that we we have a, a strong events team and we do a lot of internal and external events where sponsoring a ton of events we have our own event series so we use those usually as a a great excuse to get people together from uh, various parts of the organization Um, there's usually a strong marketing presence there there's usually uh, a handful of people from product that are in those major markets and uh, engineering and people departments and operations and um, I I found those events are where I've um, met the most people kind of from across the company. Um, also, when we do our um, our team on-sites and our working sessions where product and engineering are working together, uh, there's we, we try to do drink-up nights and even get together with users and, and things like that. So I, I think our, our events drive a lot of our culture and, mm-hmm. we, and we always make sure to... Um, throw big dinners and parties and things like that and just make sure that people but on these um the the working 
on sites that we do. Um, they, they're really just an excuse to, to get people together and, and have a good time um, and get a little bit of work done at, at the same time. But um, we, we try to put a lot of value into our culture that way and, and making sure that, that people are building friendships and, and relationships internally. Cool. Um, how do you feel like being a distributed company has made things harder? Like what, what's been more difficult about uh, working at, managing, growing a uh, distributed team? Um, yeah, I, I, I would say it's the just getting to know people kind of in between those in-person meetups and um, especially when when newer people come on, you, you do have that, that barrier of, of the screen in front of you. Um, and, and that attributes to communication and things like that. When you're distributed, sometimes it takes three different calls to get to the bottom of something that in an office you could have just grabbed two people and hashed it out in a couple of minutes. So, right. and we try to, you kind of learn from that and try to, strategically schedule calls and get the right people on them. But um, I, I've had situations where it's maybe taken us two weeks to resolve something. And it, after being on site with somebody and just overhearing a conversation that they were having with somebody else, being able to uh, resolve something in a matter of, of minutes. So I, I think just um, communication is, is definitely a, a challenge there. Um, but, and, and then the flip side of that question is what's easier, what's better? Um, yeah, I, I think the being able to, um, I think distractions are, are one of it. I, I actually find myself much hmm. less productive in an office atmosphere when I'm working face to face with, uh, people that I collaborate a lot with on online. Um, I think, just the, the distractions of being pulled into different conversations and everything when you're when you're co-located um, is takes you away from from different focuses. Where when you are distributed, you can set that kind of alone time or just completely disconnect from the internet and work through something. Um, I also enjoy just the the work life balance flexibility of um, being in a startup atmosphere where usually working more than a, a typical 40 hour yeah. work week, but being able to then remove the commute from an office. And especially when you're in a major city, a lot of times those commutes are an hour into somewhere. So, um, I find that I, I'm more productive, not having to travel, being able to work in my, my home life routine into it and, and find that balance and, and the flexibility of it. Um, I think even being able to to travel and um, not necessarily take it as complete vacation time or um, set up for a couple of days in another city um, throughout your vacation. So I, I'm I'm a big fan of of this kind of working model. Cool. Well, th thanks. This is this has been great. Um, uh, I just want let's let's uh, finish out. Um, so I I. I just want to plug it again. Um, the Envision um, product, the tool that you guys have built is really great, uh, has really been super helpful for um, the work that we've done at Lullabot with the, you know, the design department and the and visual communication amongst ourselves and, and uh, 
um, and with our with our clients. Um, what's what's on the horizon for Envision in the future? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, we're, we're continuing to just iterate and adapt our tool to the the process and in the way that the the industry is going and the needs that design teams have. Um, and I think a, a big part of that, I think it, it, it maybe it sounds um, the overused uh, phrase of design having a seat at the table. Um, but more and more, I think people and uh, organizations and businesses are seeing the power of design thinking and the, the return that you're getting off of investing in design. So we're definitely evolving into much more of a platform to support these conversations at a, a much broader level than just focused um, within a single design team. Um, so um, creating a platform for these design conversations to live and bring in all other uh, areas within an organization and, um, and really drive business decisions too that are, are centered around design and design thinking. Um, and so with that, just um, growing deeper into the, the collaboration space and, and really giving um, design a voice within that collaboration. Love it. Well, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast and sharing your yeah. thoughts and some insights into all the stuff that you guys have going on. Definitely. Thanks for having me.